Hello, Maverick fans. Welcome to another edition of the Mav Puck Cast. Happy hockey to all of you. I am Jason. And I am John. And we are here to talk about actual hockey that happened on the ice in Omaha. Finally. Finally. Although I John, will... John, <laughs> are you happy at least? <laughs> I wasn't happy earlier, I can tell you that. <laughs> Today was a day of technical snafus capped off by the NCHC app on Apple TV. Yeah, it didn't work, and that was very, very sad. Um, <laughs> you never like to be greeted with, first off, the... For those of you who don't have the Apple TV, at least, like once you once you went to the menu, it told you that the final was zero to zero, and I'm like, okay, yeah, that game uh, that was, was quick. A, that game was a final before it ever started, and I missed because we were troubleshooting, and then I just got irritated with it because I'm like, well, I'll open up the iPad or something, and then you know, airplay it to the Apple TV instead of using the uh, integrated app on the Apple TV. And I was just annoyed. It'd been a day of snafus. We'd had a Zoom call snafu when Bridget was one of the courses that she gets paid to, to teach for a for a business. Had a problem this morning, so I was irritated. So I just got upset and I went downstairs for a little bit. And we missed the first two goals of the game. So there you go. <laughs> this this does not happen. This does not happen. By the way, when we get to go watch UNO games at Baxter Arena in person. So I guess I'm on the hook to talk about the first period then. Uh, yeah, most of the first period. I watched the uh, the latter part of the first period, but I I missed uh, I missed uh, I missed the first goals of the game. So, well, the first one wasn't good for us, Mav fans. That was uh, Kobe Bender on just a fumbled play and. You know, this is kind of unfortunately goes back to what we've talked about with the Mavs the last few years is just not um, not sharp on getting the puck out of the zone, moving the puck through, finding open space. Uh, they just they struggled with that. I think really all game kind of, uh, which is expected. First game of the season, uh, we talked about the pod and and in a past podcast. So you want to kind of go back and listen to that. Uh, about our expectations and stuff. And a lot of that was built on the fact that we got to get, we got to see Colorado College first. And I thought that was a good draw for UNO, an opportunity to kind of chip off some of the rust, find their legs before you had to play teams like Duluth and North Dakota and, and the likes. And uh, now we start against, a, a very strong Duluth team. So, so it kind of, I think it showed early on in the first a little bit, uh, but UNO fights back a uh, few minutes, about four minutes later and Nolan Sullivan gets a goal, opens up the scoring for the Mavs. Um, the UNO was really successful in the first period. Uh, both goals that they get in the first period uh, are really behind the net to out front. They're back to forward kinds of, uh, quick plays that that really force a goaltender to be strong in their positioning and we were able to find the net on both of those um, so 
unfortunately, they struggled to get that same chemistry in the second and the third period, but it seemed to work at least in the first. So first goal by Nolan Sullivan, second one uh, by Martin Sundberg. Sundberg assisted on Sullivan's goal. Um, and Jack Randall, freshman, gets in on the in on the mix with uh, Sundberg's goal. Yeah, that was a that was great. We we have some new look lines this season, obviously with the influx of new players as we do every season. So it's always exciting to see what the coaches will come out of the gate with. And that top line tonight was uh, Jack Randall, Nolan Sullivan, uh, Matt Miller, and. Uh, that uh, that was a line that Jason uh, Jason dubbed early on the Monsters Inc. line. I, I'm I'm assuming you were going with the uh, Sully for Sullivan, and uh, and Randall was uh, was one of the characters. I I don't know how Matt I, Miller fits in there. He need probably need, needs to change his name to, you know, Mike, Mike. Wazowski Miller. I know. Yeah, we need Mike Wazowski on that line, and we would have been perfect. But I don't think there's a Mike on the team outside of the coach. And... I don't believe they'll let him put skates on and play anymore. Otherwise, that would be pretty interesting. So, <laughs> two so, thirds of a what we'll call the Monsters incline. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I, you know, Sundberg did look good tonight, and and he was a player that we talked about quite a bit last season who had started to come into his own. You know, he's one of the 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 kind of the the handful of of transfer players uh, that they've gotten through the transfer portal at UNO the past couple seasons and I will tell you Mike Gabinet has had really good luck with those types of players when you when you think of a guy like Conley you think of Martin Sunberg and now you look at two other players Jack Randall and Johnny Tyconic who all of those guys looked good in tonight's or I guess this afternoon's game against Minnesota Duluth. They contributed. It, it certainly gives a new look to the Mavs, and, and that's a welcome sight. And we had talked about, again, in a prior podcast about how you know these guys coming in really needed to be uh, competitive. They needed to be productive for, the, for UNO if we're going to really kind of stand a chance to have uh, a good season and, and place high in the conference you know, with what we've got in. Right now, you've got North Dakota, Duluth, and Denver, all top 10 teams in the country, depending on, you know, which pundit you talk to. I've seen all three of them in the top five. So this is, it's never been an easy conference. It's not going to be an easy conference. I think that's one takeaway from the game is regardless of the fact that, that UNO loses in the end, uh, they hung with them. They fought, they were leading through the second period into the third. So it was, you know, it was two to one going into the third period. And I felt really good at that point about UNO's chances. And then they give up three unanswered goals in that period. And, and one of the things that I was, you know, obviously I was texting you um, and I was texting uh, my friend, Greg McVeigh, who many people know is as Krutov, who is the Mav Boney driver at uh, at UNO Hockey Home Games and has been for many, many years now, he was talking about how, you know, if you looked at the team through those first two periods, I mean, they really looked defensively accountable in the neutral zone. They weren't giving up those odd man rushes. They weren't allowing Minnesota Duluth players to get behind our skaters. That changed in the third period and I think you would agree that the play became a bit more sloppy as the period went along 
I wasn't as optimistic in the third, and I think a lot of that's just because of how the second period ended. I think looking at the play and then to see Taylor Ward take what I felt was a pretty um, untimely interference call, uh, and then Smallage just you know 10 seconds later, I think it was a weak call. I don't know how, as a referee, you look at that and say that's a cross-check. I mean, that, that kind of thing happens a hundred times in a game and they don't call it. And then all of a sudden you're going to pull your whistle out for that. I thought, especially with, um, with the team skating at that point in time, four on four. Uh, I, I just, I just felt that that was, that was a poor call. Uh, but as, as small goes, like you can't put yourself in that position. You got to know that, you know, you can't use your stick to skate into a player because there's that potential that it does does get called and and unfortunately it did and that was my concern is we're sitting two in the box depending on how things go you've got to expect a two-man advantage at some point for Duluth and that's what they got and when they got it they buried it yeah that's not the type of situation UNO wants to be in and and we've talked about that before with this team you know obviously when you're dealing with a lot of young players and a team that hasn't had a lot of success you've got to find a way to be disciplined when you're you know, nursing a, a one goal lead and you've got to find ways to you know, essentially shut down and stymie your opponent. And when you give up those, like you said, some of those kind of cheap, cheap penalties, it puts you in a bad situation and uh, it can turn the momentum, you know, on a dime. And I really think that was kind of the story of the game for the, for UNO is, Early on, we were we were skating, we were using our feet, and we weren't taking penalties. Um, third period, end of the second period, into the third period, that changes. You know, we're not skating as well. We put ourselves in bad positions. That typically leads to penalties, getting called against you. You know, we failed to get momentum because you know we were going into the box. Like we couldn't answer. You know, Jackson Cates ties the game on that power play early in the third at two. And you think, you know, UNO needs to make a push back. That's why I kept saying is they, they need to, they need to be aggressive. They need to push back. They need to, you know, establish some flow in their direction. Uh, and then Sunberg takes a penalty and it's just like that deflates you. Cause now you're having to play on your heels and play defense for a couple minutes and then try at that point in time to get back, back into, you know, your groove. We had a chance on the power play about, quarter of the way through the third period uh but just couldn't really seem to kind of get it we had good opportunities in the power play um just just couldn't seem to to put one in unfortunately and yeah we had trouble getting in, in a, anything could you know sort of any sustained pressure in our offensive zone and and i think that 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 spelled trouble for uh for UNO in the third period. And I think if you look at this Duluth team, even though they have two players on the you know, NCHC, uh, you know, all conference preseason team, you know, they don't have some of the, some of the names like Scott Perunovich and Hunter Shepard that we had heard about. Uh, they've been kind of names that we, we seem to constantly hear over the last few seasons for that team. So, uh, so yeah. So after, you know, eight seasons, Hunter Shepard's gone. So they had a, a goaltender in net who this was his uh, first collegiate career start. Um, Fanti, I believe his name was, and um, he looked all right. Um, but ultimately, I think that if UNO had been able to establish um, 
establish themselves in the offensive zone, I really think we could have had more success against him like we did in the first period. Yeah. And I, I would hope that the guys skate away from this and say, we played well. You know, we hung with them. That's a great team. You know, we were right there. And everything that went wrong could be fixed. Um, you know, there's things that need to be better. We need to make better decisions later on. We need to move our feet quicker, uh, more consistently through the third. Uh, keep on our toes and keep the other team on their heels, play our game. I mean, those are a lot of things that, I, you know, coaches say and, and are somewhat, you know, oftentimes overlooked by players, I guess. But um, it, it really is. Like, you can look at that game and you should say, we lost, but we played well. And we played like a team that's going to compete for that, at least compete for one of those home ice positions in a playoff situation. Yeah, and this this looks like a team that has the, has the opportunity to, you know, be able to go three periods with the rest of the NCHC this season. I, I think you look at some of the interesting line combinations as we alluded to earlier. And I think that there is an opportunity to see some real depth develop on this, on this roster. I mean, I think the fact that you, you know, you have a lineup tonight and, and Taylor Ward is not a top line guy, I think is a testament to some of the talent that they have on the roster this season. Well, and I think that's a testament to what we talked about with having diversity in scoring, you know, and what those line combinations are going to look like to make sure that, you know, every line is dangerous. Um, you know, really every line for UNO, every line was, had potential. They had good plays. You know, we talked about Sullivan's goal and, and Jack Randall's play. Uh, Ward had, you know, Oddly enough, I'd say probably our worst line was the Conley Abate Warden line, because Sundberg had some good plays, took some bad penalties, but you know, Bruchette and um, Primo, Primo was, you know, they played pretty well on that line with him, and and they were obviously productive. And then, um, the last line with Weiss, Weiss looked really, really good in the first. Um, I was I was really looking forward to that. I think he kind of turtled a little bit in the second. Uh, he gets an assist, a really nice play. He he does a really nice play to keep the puck in, and then um, later gets a a pass from the top uh, top of the zone that goes down, and it's just that you know Weiss's hands. We've talked about that, like that's his skill set, right? He has this really nice one touch pass um, over to Randall for his goal, and yep. so. You know, that put us within, we were, what, like a minute left in the period, and we were within one at that point in time. So right. at, you're thinking, hey, <laughs> in you know, the third that's, period, that's they, have, be, right? they have a chance. You want to be within one, you know, and, under under a minute to go. Yeah. Yeah, and Duluth had taken that, that penalty, and in college hockey, unlike the pros, uh, that penalty still goes on the board, and they still go. So we just scored. We've got a minute left, and we're going to go onto the power play. <laughs> Plus, you're going to pull your goalie, so you're going to have a six on four. You're thinking, we're in a good position. We're right? in a good position. And then they clear the puck into our net. And we miss the pass. Into the, <laughs> like, we, we miss the pass into the zone. The basic pass into the zone goes right onto loose stick, and they just send it the length of the ice and it goes posted in. I'm just like, of course, why? 
Like, well, it's 2020. Well, how else is this going to go? Well, and I think some of that is some, you know, off-season rust, off-season corrosion. Yeah. You know, it, they'll they'll get better as they they uh, they get a little bit warmed up here uh, during the first week of this pod. So, I'm not too worried. It would have been great to have uh, gotten off to a uh, 1-0 start. Uh, in these 10 pod games that they will play. But I, overall, I thought it was pretty good. I, I thought some of the newcomers, like I thought Johnny Tyconic, uh, the blue liner looked great. I think that he's a guy who looks like he'll be able to, you know, captain the power play um, effectively this season. He looks like uh, he'll be the real deal. Uh, I know he was a solid player at North Dakota during his uh, two seasons there. So I'm excited to see him this season. But I, I just, you know, and again, uh, Jack Randall's another one. Uh, who had played uh, at Michigan. So those are two guys to look at. But I, I just think you look at, again, you, you talked about Tyler Weiss. He was playing on the fourth line today, and uh, he looked good. He had flashes again. I, you know, like like we said, I, he's, not a, he's not a big player. He's not a tall player. He's not one of these kind of grinder type of players, but he's the type of player that can you know, give you an added dimension in certain situations. And that's what we saw today. So it's going to be interesting to see what the line combinations look like going forward as the next, uh, next three weeks progress. So on that topic, I have to ask you the question. Yes. As, as, as coach, coach John here, uh, <laughs> do you keep the lines together? Do you shake some things up? Do you mix some things up? Do you bring in some kids that didn't play this game? What do you think? I think you uh, continue to, I, I think these first two games in particular, I think you mix things up. So I, I would like to see him shake things up for the next game just to see what kind of chemistry uh, chemistry can develop going forward. They had moments where they looked good today, but I, uh, I'd like to see, uh, I'd like to see what some other combinations can do on the ice. I don't think you take a major overhaul to the lines. I think there's a lot of these, this pair does well, this group does well. So we're not going to touch that group kinds of things, you know, maybe, you know, swap these two guys off, you know, swap these two centers, swap these two wings type of thing. Um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't change a whole lot. Uh, Defensive pairings looked pretty good. You know, you're just going to have to grow into what your roles are back there. So, now we've always done player of the game. John, do you want to start with your player of the game? Well, I think my player of the game is pretty obvious because I think a lot of people will have have uh, this guy as player of the game. But I am going to go with Martin Sunberg on the night. I got to tell you, this is a guy who, you know, we didn't know if he was going to you know kind of blossom into the player he's become. We thought maybe he might be, you know, something of a journeyman type of player. And he is really, last season in particular, he really came into his own. And and uh, so he had a good outing tonight. And I was excited to see that. A goal and an assist, right? Correct. Yep. Good night for and him. So, <laughs> yep. And two, two, two penalties that we did not like. So there is room for improvement. Uh, don't want to take the dumb penalties. but But yeah, on the offensive side of things... Good night for Martin Sundberg. So I'm happy to see the senior have success. Good night for him. So he is my player of the game. Obviously, an, an obvious one. I'm I'm looking forward to Jason coming up with something a little bit more avant-garde here. Yeah, you know, I'm a little I'm a little torn because I had a couple couple guys on my list that I'd like to give shout-outs to, but you know, we can only pick one player of the game. So 
Uh, I'm going to actually go someone who didn't have a point tonight. Okay. But I'm going to give him a call. I think Johnny Taconic. Yeah. Uh, I mean, to step into a new team. Um, I, I think it gets overlooked. Uh, they talked a little bit about the broadcast, about how North Dakota was behind uh, UNO's net watching the games. And for him coming from North Dakota, that could put a lot of, that could get in your head. That could put a lot of stress on you, right? Uh, and I thought he handled himself really well. He His play impressed me. Um, smart defenseman. I think that he was a good pickup for UNO. And, and even though he doesn't get on the scoreboard, I think he was probably one of our better defenders from what I saw just in his consistency and his movement to the puck and awareness of um, what's going on on the ice. So I'm going to, I'm going to toss him my player of the game. Yeah. I think he looks like he's going to be the the real deal for you. And I think this is an opportunity with this team in particular, when you look at our decor and you look at some of the struggles that we've had the past couple of seasons, I, I think he's going to be a, a, a really important part of the team this season. And uh, I was impressed too. And, uh, and I think uh, it was Dave Starman on the the Midco play by play crew who had mentioned that he has an opportunity to really shine, whereas he uh, he might have been one of multiple great defensemen on North Dakota had he stayed there. So I'm excited to see him too. And I, uh, like I mentioned, I also like Jack Randall among those uh, those newcomers. So it's great to get those uh, veteran transfer players where it didn't quite work out for them at their previous school and they can come into UNO, uno and make a difference and i know that that's uh that's got to be very pleasing to uh coach gabinet and the staff so up next evening game on thursday uno plays western michigan the broncos and we're gonna we're gonna after this podcast we are recording this right after uno's game against uh, minnesota duluth so we're getting ready. You and I are getting ready to watch St. Cloud and Western Michigan uh, square off here at Baxter Arena in the in the evening game. Should be a good game. Yeah, I'm excited to see. It's a, It'll be an interesting matchup. I'm excited to see where these two teams are this season. What I'm really excited to see, interested to see, curious about, I guess, is come Thursday... Which bench does Omaha have to sit on? Yeah, I'm going to be interested the to see away if they team. Said, Are we going to actually have to go sit on the away bench? You know, speaking of just, you know, anomaly, uh, anomalies and kind of oddities with this thing. Number one, I've got to say, I like seeing the coaches wearing track suits on the bench. I like the casual branded look. I know some people like the, maybe it's because I, you know, I grew up a football guy here in Nebraska and I love the sport of football. And, and as you're well aware, coaches in college football have seemingly become more casual as time has gone on. You don't see a lot of coaches wearing, you know, the shirts, ties and the sport coats anymore. I kind of like the, I like the casual, you know, we're working out with the team look. I remember Mike Kemp years ago, somebody had asked him, they're like, do you guys always wear suits behind the bench. This was at a hockey 101 event. And the person who asked it was not me, by the way, the person who asked it was somebody who was, who was unfamiliar with the game and was like, do you guys ever wear anything else? Like, uh, you know, like polos. And, 
and khakis and that type of thing. And he's uh, Mike Kemp was like, you know, there was one game where we all decided to wear track suits together and it did not go over very well with people. So we did not wear them again. But I kind of liked the look. I thought that was interesting. I was not a fan of the St. Cloud players who were warming up for the evening game, you know, tossing around the football, kicking around the soccer ball in the what's normally the student end at Baxter Arena while play was going on. I thought that was a little distracting as I was watching the game broadcast. I'm like, I think that might have annoyed UNO having that at their shoot twice in, but but who knows? I don't know. I don't know what the scoop was there. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, they're kind of in a bind, right? Because both teams need warm-up areas that have to be separated. And, you know, you've got teams that aren't playing tonight that are you know, what else do you have to do? You're in a bubble, so you're going to go watch <laughs> the other teams play. And... and watching is fine, but, you know, kicking around the soccer ball. Th- normally, yeah, we, now we've now we've seen UNO doing that. they warmed up for the next game, so. But do they have to? But do they have to do it? <laughs> See, I don't know. See, we had heard the athletic department put out a video on all the, the safety precautions. So we had heard in the main concourse that they had a lot of their testing and whatnot there and in the the club lounge. So it's possible there really wasn't room for them to do that right. kind of stuff in the concourse. So so it's possible I'm just being critical for no reason, but I did not like that. That that to me is like the equivalent of students, you know, waving stuff and holding stuff in the in uh in the end. Not not that that, you know, contributed to UNO's loss or anything, but I it it annoyed me. So there you go. I probably would have loved it if UNO did it, but yeah. So anyway, to the what yeah. didn't annoy me is as soon as the broadcast actually got going and we were able to watch uh, the game on our TV and stuff. I have to say the the video quality uh, was a lot better than oh, it, it absolutely in was. Years. Yeah, and Midco always I does am a great. So over Midco ads though. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> I love the one for this ice fishing resort where they had you know these great amenities like you know working lights in the little, <laughs> which I'm sure that that's a big thing when it comes to ice fishing. But I got to tell you, every time I saw a, com- a commercial for ice fishing or something in the cold, in the ice and in the snow, it made me want to move to Phoenix and become an Arizona state Sun Devil hockey fan. It really did. I'm like that. No, I'm yeah, no, no. I, I must've seen that commercial like a dozen times and I'm like, <laughs> Oh, please stop. So this it's, podcast is not brought to you by some fishing resort in North Dakota. No, nor will it ever be. I will say, like you said, I do want to hey, echo that. They pay that, me enough. <laughs> well, yeah, if, if they're willing to pay enough, we'll, we'll pimp anything on this podcast, but I will say, and I will echo your sentiments. The Midco sports broadcasts are great. And it yeah. was great to have Ben Holden, and Dave Starman doing it. Dave Starman's one of my favorite uh, college hockey broadcasters anyway. And uh, so despite the uh, the Dakota-based commercials, because obviously that's where Midco Sports Network operates, the picture quality was fantastic. And uh, and uh, I, I, I'm looking forward to watching the rest of the games. But you alluded to there was there was equal opportunity to other, you know, the stuff here in Omaha or something, because I don't know what they're paying. But, oh, my gosh, the the name brand recognition that you'd be getting from that as a marketer, you'll you'll relate to me here is like, oh, gosh, come on. Like, 
<laughs> just over and over and over again with it. So hopefully they're hopefully Midco's charging these places more because if if they've got the same contract and they're paying the same amount that they used to play for, you know, just North Dakota games, like well, that brings up a good bank. That brings up a good question. I'm assuming that you, if you live in North Dakota, you get to watch these games on TV because that's usually they the way said it is. They're with on the, Midco. Up, up yeah. there. Okay. Okay. So, so yeah, they don't have to pay for NCHC TV and deal with all of the, right. the foibles that we had to deal with, with the app. So, so lucky them. Right. Yeah. Right. So anyway, so you brought up you... UNO is playing Western. Yep. Thursday. Two nights from now, Thursday. In the depending on in when the you late game, <laughs> depending on when you listen to this, I was so mad earlier. I was like almost not going to record a podcast. So it's it's amazing we got this. And then Jason was just like tweeting things when people were calling Martin Sunberg Sunny. That was driving me nuts. <laughs> and then he replies with three apples because we had talked on the podcast either last season <laughs> or the season before about how Apple is a reference to uh, an assistant hockey and i think that that is a ridiculous term too so sunny and apples are yeah and you were just i could tell you were just trying to like needle me today you already knew i was in a bad mood so <laughs> thanks a lot for that dude but we've got another yeah, well, game i figured com- i was either gonna make you not want to do this or i was gonna make you want to do this and either way i worked for me so see i think you were hoping i'd want to get on here and rant which i you know <laughs> I, I i probably could do if uh if goaded into it but yeah we've got the game against western michigan and uh, like you said, it'll be interesting going forward, seeing what bench are we the uh, away team in that game? We are we are the away team in that game. I'll be interested to see if if we have to uh, because the the benches at uh, Baxter Arena for those who are listening who don't know uh, the home and visitor benches on the opposite side of the ice, which I think is really, really cool. I loved when UNO was in the CCHA and we would go to. Uh, play at Mun Ice Arena. Their benches were configured that way, and I thought that was so cool that they were on the opposite sides of the ice. I thought that that created a little bit different dimension, made it a little bit less comfortable for the visiting team. So I'll, I'm going to be interested. I'm also going to be interested to see if we're wearing our black jerseys at home, which, as you know, we don't have a very good record. <laughs> <laughs> in black jerseys. Remember that season when we wore black jerseys? The conference wore black jerseys at home. Or they wore dark jerseys at home. Ours happened to be black. You remember, I think, I don't know if we did that for the first half of the season or the entire season. I can't remember, but we did not do half very well that season. Yeah. yeah. Our our record in those dark jerseys was about as good as our record on parents' night or parents' weekend normally. We just don't do particularly well. So, so it'll be interesting to see, Jason. So... Any thoughts so we'll on this upcoming after game? After that game, we'll record after the game and and publish that um, the next morning. So you'll want to make sure mark it on your calendars. Catch us on Friday. We'll recap the Western Michigan game. But until then, I don't have anything more to talk about, John. You want to you want to make any? Do you want to make any predictions for that uh, Western? Oh, we probably know? should do predictions. All right. Should predictions we? for the Western Michigan? Okay. It's hard to know. See, this is where Jason's going to text me later after this and be like, dude, we should have recorded it, you know, 1030 at night. So we could have seen (laughs) Western and St. Cloud. That would have given us some insight into what we're up against. Um, I'm going to say. I'm going to say we lose 4-2. Okay. And I'm going to say we win that game three to one. 
And I'm just pulling that out of my hat. We haven't seen the new look Western Michigan Broncos yet this season. There are some familiar names, but there are also some new new guys on that team. And, and some of the veterans that were names that we would hear over and over again are not on their roster this season. But I think UNO looked strong enough that if they can uh, put three solid periods of hockey together, and we've mentioned this time and time again, I think, they can get, I think they can get it done. So I'm saying three to one. We win. Jason's saying four to two. We lose, but it's going to be exciting to see. It's I'm looking forward to watching hockey this week. Uh, yeah. Technical technical snafus aside, I'm looking forward to it. And we will be back. We are going to do a podcast, presumably after every game, which means in the next three weeks we're going to have ten podcasts. <laughs> So we're going to be tired of doing the podcast after this, but Bridget and Jolene are potentially going to be, especially Bridget, if this thing is shorter um, than, you know, 80, 82 minutes, like the last, uh, the last podcast, Jason and I like to talk. So, so. And now we have real hockey to talk about, not just babble on about what we think is going to happen. It's pretty exciting, and it's pretty exciting not to be talking about the pandemic and masks and distancing and all of that. It's nice to be talking about some hockey on the ice, and I am, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm just sad that we can't be there because as I was watching today, I'm like, you know what? I wouldn't have to deal with you know app problems on my Apple TV if I were able to go watch in person. But alas, we're not able to do that. But this is cool, and this is the kind of thing. It would be kind of fun if they did like a an early season, like all in one place kind of tournament deal every year with the teams. Now it wouldn't necessarily have to be 10 games per team, but it would be cool if they did something like this every year. Cause this is kind of a fun deal to kick off conference play. So I'm looking forward to watching the rest of these games and I know you are too. So, so we will leave, uh, leave you all be and, uh, enjoy watching these games. Take advantage of it. If you don't have NCHC TV, uh, Subscribe and tell them UNO is your favorite team, so they get uh, they get that portion of the uh, of the revenue because that's the way the revenue sharing works. And until next time, which should be a couple of days from now, go Mavs! Go Mavs!